are back for episode 18, cracking through it, uh, 12 rows back, uh, we're still going, trade week's up and about, how are you travelling, Seb? Yeah, going well, going well, Tom, nice hot day in Melbourne here on this Tuesday, uh, we've got the, what, just under 48 hours before the end of the trade period uh, for 2020, and it looks like there's a lot to get through in terms of official paperwork lodged yeah this AFL is that house. time where you know the the deals start flying and uh you know a few things surprise i mean i'll be honest i was surprised on day one we saw a few deals done um usually you know that it's sort of that uh day or two to just <clears throat> work out who who's where um and and what what's what but uh straight into it maybe clubs have just had their time they've had the you know had enough time at the hubs and whatnot and they just want to get straight into it so we saw a few uh, jump off there, which we'll get to later. But off the top, Seb, how, how have you just found the trade week at the moment? Uh, I think it's come at a different time of the year to normal, and people are just a bit... Normally, by mid-November, you've really moved right off football. And you've, like I said last week, I move into spring racing... That's done and dusted, more or less, unless you're those hardcore Sandown people. Which you are one of um, them. Let's just put that out there. My word. <laughs> my word I'll be watching on Saturday. Um, the TAB hit the, the end of their tether and they, they shut down for 48 hours, which wasn't ideal. Um, but we had we had the US election, which seemed to take over the media. Um, that, and there haven't been any high-profile deals. There's been not a whole lot of... There's a lot of rumour and innuendo, but not a lot of serious, this player's going to go to this club and it's going to affect all these other things. Like, outside of Cam- Jeremy, Jeremy Cameron, there's not been yeah, much Yeah, I mean, I've got similar views to you um, w- with that. I just feel, yeah, particularly, I mean, the, the trade period started on the, you know, f- day of the election finishing for us over here in, in Oz and... Um, really swept under the radar obviously because of that um push back and then yeah it's competing with racing i guess um we've seen uh in october in previous years it really worked well i mean the trade radio is up and about lots of viewers lots of clicks on the website and and that time is really sort of that lull i guess as you build into the spring carnival and then onto the cricket but yeah i, I just feel it is struggling a dash in this uh yeah this november slot but i do take your point about the uh the players coming through and obviously the bigger deals take right to the end so that's probably um affecting it as well but yeah look as, as you said we we're also not used to it and I, I don't think we're going to see it again but if they were ever tempted to sort of push into racing and and try and take a slice out of that i'd i'd, I'd say that this is an example that they should just stick stick to their little october slot i reckon yeah, I mean, it's a tough one. They've obviously been more yeah. forced into it than electively pushed it back. Um, but there's only there's only so much footy talk people in general can handle. And despite the fact we had three months off after round one, a lot of those three months were spent, when's footy going to come yeah. back? How's it going to look? What are we going to do? Are the players in hubs? Are they not in hubs? They can't stand going to hubs. Oh, suddenly they have to go to hub. Like, there was a lot of talk about footy without actually having footy, uh, which is normally reserved for this period where, yep, footy's finished, but we've got to get this deal done, we've got to get that deal done, we want to pick this kid in the draft. Um, And then mid to end November, it shuts off. You hear, I mean, the one thing you hear is XYZ player XYZ is flying, having the best pre-season of their life. Um, Which, look, uh, only makes sense for the first five years of a player's career because... The pre-seasons are brutally hard, and obviously they're going to improve after one, after two, after three. Um, but then you have that, then you have your Christmas break, yeah, your January, while they're still running around. Every All the focus is on the cricket, test matches, uh, big bash, all that sort of stuff. You've got the tennis, and then February, they start coming back. Yep, we've been flying, we're really ready for... I'm going to say the NAB Challenge. Yeah, don't know if they've formally put anything out, but that's around the time of the year that they will will look at that. Yeah, the preseason comp is, is where I was going. I could have brought up the Wizard Cup. That's music to some <laughs> Saints fans' ears. Uh, but, yeah, it, it hasn't had the normal sting and punch that it, that it can have. 
Um, I still remember telling you Sam Mitchell was going to West Coast. Yeah. And you just did not believe look, a word of what I was saying. I, you I thought I made it up. That one up, and yeah, look, happy to be proved wrong on that one. But yeah, look, and I think maybe it, it, it also goes to which teams are the most involved. Obviously, if if your team's uh, rebuilding and looking to get picks or looking to get that marquee, you're obviously more invested as well. Um, as a Saints fan, obviously last year heavily invested myself, given that we had five in the gun, and then. This year we were sort of Brad Crouch on the first day, and and now it's uh, you know what what happens from here. But um, moving on, I just want to talk to you, I guess, about uh, Carlton and Essendon and the Saad deal. Now every year there seems to be some sort of deal that is competition wide, a bit of a I guess a it's a bottleneck and it's holding things up. So. You know, I, I'm thinking last year maybe I, I could get away with Brad Hill held up a few deals. I think, uh, you know, a few clubs wanted to see what the Saints sent over to Frio and what came back, and that sort of affected your Josh Bruce and a few, you know, Jack Steve and a few other deals. So that one was up there. But, yeah, this year it appears to be the, the Saad with the Carlton Essendon sort of logjam there. And I, I think at the moment it's sort of bandying the second and third round in next year's draft as, as the little sweetener in there that, that that's holding it up. But yeah, so that one is a bit of, a bit of a crucial one at the moment. So uh, what your, your thoughts? Yeah. So it's, it's coming down to the Saad for pick. Was it pick eight at the moment? Um, it's coming down to that deal. Are you, do you think, who do you think's holding out and being stubborn? Uh, I think the, Blues are trying to get a little bit of a cheapy. I, I, look, I think yeah, you, that first round, uh, that what is a pick eight that's up is is fair, and then you know, second round next year sweeteners. I guess you know that that's sort of pushing it. You know, first round pick and a second round pick that that's a pretty high price. Um, I think that that's being asked there. So I, I would say yeah, Essendon probably have. Which feels rare to say. Maybe Essendon there um, are doing doing the right thing potentially. That that feels weird to say in trade period. Yeah. So so this is now holding up which deals. You got the is it Fantasia to Port? Yeah, is that linked? Yeah, in with all I believe of this? that would be um, just given that um, Essendon. I guess they're gonna. They want to keep. They'll get a second, second. Yeah, so here. maybe they're just they're, they're just stockpiling. Um, talent. Well, not yeah, stockpiling a little bit there. Um, I mean, do, it, does it feed into your? I mean, it probably doesn't affect the Ben Brown deal. Um, whether or not Carlton just have their eyes on other things, or Essendon have their eyes on other other things. I guess um, Essendon still need to get the Cordwell deal done. So there's probably some thinking in what they can sort of put to put to the Giants there. Um, <clears throat> obviously, the Giants moving around uh, for Cameron as well, and and I mean they don't want to lose Cordwell, so there's a little bit there. Uh, are there any others? Am I missing missing a few? Yeah, uh, the Bombers seem to have a little bit each way at the moment in a wide range of camps. Um, the Trelaw one is a deal that seems to be. It gathered a hell of a lot of momentum to the point where Trelaw said he was out and then lost all that momentum because he didn't actually talk to any clubs. Um, so I think that is slightly involved. Um, the, my, so my, my question in terms of it holding it up is, why do Carlton give two hoots that they're holding up all these other oh, deals. Yeah, that's true. They don't care. They just is want to it, get their man is at a their, good price. their job not get the best deal yeah, for the club? Like, I think... Um, so, one of the deals that did go through today was the Brisbane Lions trading Stefan Martin to the Bulldogs as part of that deal. I believe your club was involved with that one. Uh, is that right? Yep. Lockie Young came across to North Melbourne. North Melbourne sent the fourth round pick up to... Brisbane and took back a fourth, a later pick. So we sent pick 63 and got back pick 70. So we didn't actually need to do a trade. He was actually a free agent. Like it was a little unknown rule, but because he declined his second contract after two years, you, you can become a free agent. The deal was done in a bit of good faith from North's point of view. But my question is, are, are the days of doing good faith deals done like shouldn't we just be looking out for us and not give two hoots that the dogs are going to yeah, be it's, it's an interesting one i guess uh you know 
I've seen it happen over the over the course of just watching the trade period that, that there are some clubs that do it and some that don't. So um, a couple that spring to mind, obviously uh, Adelaide and Port Adelaide are, are two good traders that have, I think, done deals that work for both. I think there was a year uh, Sydney and West Coast traded and Sydney sort of used the points loophole to sort of trade a pick and then West Coast traded it back and they did a little switcheroo there. But I think, uh, like we touched on a few um, weeks ago, because the game's becoming more of a business, I think there's less and less of that. But I feel maybe the prof- well, I'm not saying they're not professional, but I guess that that recruitment is still it's you know attached to the grassroots. It's not fully corporatized. So you know they're bumping into each other at the at the games on a Saturday. There is that semi camaraderie, I guess you could say, with other recruiters. Maybe just unwilling respect. Uh, or they wouldn't maybe admit it, but uh, there's probably a little bit of that. So that's probably seeped into a bit. And there's, you know, he's a good bloke. He's I've got connections. I came from this club, and and it's, and it's fil- filtering through. But I, I don't know how long that'll last. It does feel like it is getting rarer and rarer. But I, I do take your point because, yeah, if you're in it, you're in it for the best deal for your club. But maybe there's a little bit of, uh, you know, if we look after you this year, it'll it'll come back in a, a future year. But uh, yeah, look, it's an interesting one. I mean, yeah, to go back onto the Saad one, I guess the Don's still tracking for Josh Dunkley. I think that had a bit of press, but has has cooled slightly. So I'm not sure where that one's at. If, if well, I mean, the dogs have probably dug their heels in because they, they don't want to let him go. But I believe the, the Bombers were sort of looking at some sort of leadership for, for young Dunkley there. And um, that'll be a deal that they definitely want to get done if they can. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's part of... Essendon are not wedging on the giving pick eight, but then they need to know what picks they have to then do the Dunkley deal. Um, the Dogs have said they're not treating... They're looking at Trelaw, and they've said we would prioritise keeping Dunkley over bringing Trelaw in. Um, so Dunkley going out is not dependent on Trelaw coming in. They're completely separate. Treating them as two separate moves. Um, interesting little tidbit on Trelaw. I hear he had his medical there today. And it didn't go as well as initially well, hoped. The... So Collingwood might oh. know a little bit more than has played out in the media, like we Cause, suggested Yeah, because that, that was the worry with Trelaw. It's not that he has one bung hammy. It's that he's actually got two of them. And I think it was, was it last year? He pulled both of them in the same game. I think it was Collingwood Blues in the middle of winter, which is probably prime time to uh, pull a hammy. But he, yeah, he p- pulled them both. And there's question marks on there. And I guess, you know, when you, I mean, we've, we've called his... Uh, kicking into question whether or not you want two bung hammies when you're trying to improve your kicking and what can be done there might be a little bit of a sticky one. So that, that that's a little scoop there. That's interesting. Yeah, the medical, no good. Yeah, I don't know. I'd like, I haven't cross-referenced that source with anything else. Um, but just, just an interesting... That, that Trelaw thing, that's going to be fascinating in three years. Either three years or when Trelaw retires. Yeah, and oh, and there's a book deal coming um, there, isn't there? To find out the whole story from, I guess, even if he does a book, it's only from one point of view, but um, just to find out more as to what went into it because it's it's bizarre that you'd have him on 900 with five years to run and then say, we don't want you. Explore your options. And then he he's told the players he wants to leave and then... Apparently he's got no suitors, but apparently he hasn't contacted anyone and no one's contacted him. So, like we said last week, I don't know who to believe yeah, well, or what yeah, to believe or what you the story the point is. That but, whoever sort um, of leaks that info is the one driving the story. So, I don't know who's driving that one and who's yeah, who's telling the truth. It is really hard to know. I'm with you. I, maybe I wouldn't buy the book, but I'd like to read that little segment and just, just see what really happened. Maybe even in that we won't know, but yeah, let, let's hope that one uh, comes up. Um you a um you a member of the library down there, Kingston? Uh, oh, soon to join. Bayside has good libraries too. Might might join them. What, what about uh, you out in? Um... Hey hey, they're open. Yeah, correct. I think now, there's one there's one just up the road from us. I will most definitely be joining. Um, little little side note there. I want to ask you a question. Fire away. Now, anyone who's listened before to a single five-minute segment of this podcast will know you are a proud and proud Saints man. You've got the St Kilda FC, was it training singlet on? Yeah, 2019 training singlet. Well, it's warm, warm day today, so you've got to just dress appropriate. Yeah, the Blades, X-Blades sponsorship. Um, we've had Crouch sign up 
we've had Higgins request a trade to the Saints. Um, you'll be able to tell me more. Are the Saints the new destination club? Oh, you're weary of, of taking of taking this term, but I'm I, I guess in a sense we are when I guess five players last year walked through the door and then, you know, this year that, that sort of trend's continued. I think it, it it's a credit to Brett Ratton and the I guess the the vibe. I, I was going to say culture. You'd, I think you need a few few more years to, to really call it a culture, but I guess the new vibe and I guess just dusting out the uh, Alan Richardson era and coming coming in new with a sort of fresh pair of eyes. But um, look, as, as an AFL fan, I, I guess I want us to be a destination club. Do I feel comfortable saying that? I think every other club would come come for you i don't think a club can call itself that and and not cop the wrath of the uh the afl industry but look it, it uh, players are coming and you can't argue that so i mean over the last two years you would have to argue that we are a destination club i mean the cat's still pulling jeremy cameron and you know they, they've had a few walk through the door in in recent years so you could argue that they're up there as well i mean is it only victorian clubs to just steer into this that are the destination clubs when do you i mean oh i guess brisbane maybe of recent times but um yeah look it, it it's hard to argue when seven players in the last two off seasons have put their hands up and, and said yes i i'm keen to join and i want in and uh, that to me would be destination. So <laughs> to round it up, yes. All right, I've got I've got two one point one question for you on the back of that. Um, really great channeling of old Dennis Benuto with the vibe. <laughs> really appreciated that. I think there are a couple of our mates who haven't quite no seen that one yet. Hasn't uh, now, do you think the Saints? I would say you have a very similar list profile to North Melbourne of 2014-15. And you're bringing in all these guys, but are they good enough to set you over the top? Or are you just going to win a couple of extra finals and have worse draft picks and be told every year, no, you need to go well, back yeah, to the draft? I guess the... I mean, only time will tell. That That is, that is the worry that you, you cap yourself uh, at that sort of maybe edge of the top four level. I think, you know, if, if you're talking pushing flags and, and really going to that next level, uh, well, the great level um, up there, I think you'd need at least four or five maybe pushing the All-Australian squad on your list. So we've got to look at that. I think we had Jack Steele in the team this year and, and we really need to add to... I mean, Butler was probably stiff not to be in there, so there's two, but it's really just, you know, if those teams that, are, you know, your Richmonds and Geelongs at the moment, they've got a real core of about four or five that you could out and out say uh, they're easily in the top or maybe even 50 of the comp um and we're, we're still developing that so i i mean yeah we've we've got a few of that young brigade coming from that are unproven i mean we're going to try and squeeze another maybe year or two out of patty Ryder, Ma marshall coming through there's a lot of sort of dynamics at, at play um with that one but yeah look that i mean that's that's my worry I, that uh yeah you you've reached that level because yeah it's it's those superstars that get you you know your your dusties and your dangers and and i guess going back a bit fife and even further back you sort of have yeah hodge mitchell as we were saying with hawthorne well, so you re we really probably need to add to that superstar so i mean yeah can brad crouch be that guy i'd say look at your saints team of 20 2009 2010 Lenny Hayes, Del Santo, Luke Ball was firing. You had Nick Rewalt, Kaczynski. Um, had yeah, some Sam, defenders Sam too. Fisher. His names escape me. Uh, Max yeah, oh, solid Max. No? Uh, Sammy Fisher was all Australian for us back then. I mean that it, you've hit the. Yeah, Sam Gilbert Sam had an all Australian year. Yeah, so yeah. Like, I'm just listing off Saints names, but I would say that team had more star yeah, that, power. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, not necessarily going to go well. Not not saying this team isn't, but. Um, I heard it for years. Yep, they're winning games, but they're not good enough to win a grand final. And yeah, look, people turned out to be right, but only one team can win it. So it's a lot easier to pick one of the 17 that won't win it than to pick the one that will win it and just declare them. Um, what everyone used to overlook then was we didn't have the financial backings of teams like Carlton and Essendon who have spent time at the bottom. Like Carlton bottomed out and bottomed out and bottomed out again, and it was off the back of their salary cap stuff at the start of the turn of the millennium. Essendon bottomed out, I was about to say through no fault of their own, but through the drug saga, which 
whether they want to take some responsibility or not for that. Ultimately, somewhere in the club they're responsible for, but they didn't choose to bottom out, I guess is my point. And that, look, that's hurt them. They obviously had a period of time where they still hadn't had great success, um, sort of that 10 years, and then that's really sort of pushed them over the edge. But North Melbourne as a club, and I'd say the Saints are more towards the North Melbourne end of the spectrum than the Carlton's end, we couldn't afford to just drop out and just wait and lose games because as soon as yeah. North start doing that in particular, it's, well, oh, which city can we move them to, to to actually get them profitable? Despite the fact we recorded another profit this oh, year there you go. without any financial backing from the AFL. That's impressive. I didn't know that, so uh, hats off to you for that one. Oh, sorry, any extra yeah, assistance, yeah. any special assistance, which people normally accuse us of relying on. Um I can tell you a good story about that. Yeah, Remind yeah, me we'll at the end of the podcast one. about what they're doing for members that will pay it up and pray out. Um, but look, my yeah, a lot of players coming to the Saints. Your big recruits in Hanbury and Hill haven't really fired that, a look, shot. Look, I agree with that too. I yeah. would take your point about Hanbury's leadership. Like it, it, him coming from that Sydney culture and trying to put a bit of that into St Kilda can only be a good thing. But having that deal on your books could prevent one of your younger kids taking the deal and wanting to be moved on. It's going to make it harder to bring Higgins in. Um, I just, I also find it interesting that it coincided with you finally scrapping the Seaford. Well, yeah, that that's experiment. Probably, that's helped, and you're now back yeah, in Moorabbin. Which that's been, well, yeah, key to the destination. We know they don't like leaving Victoria. Apparently, it's a 15k radius from the CBD for some of these players. Yeah, well, look, I think it's just the temptation of the the Bayside coffee that's a it's a good good selling point. But uh, look, and I've got to actually throw in it's sort of remiss of me to not mention um, getting Jared Roughhead. I think that was another um, good little move. But um, yeah, look, I'm with you. It's going to be a bit of a wait and see. It's um, really, I guess, uh, a couple of years ago we we had two picks in the top ten. Um, Caulfield and Clark and and you know it's sort of that that kind of those those deals that are really going to push us up. Uh, Crouch and and I guess well Higgins is young, but sort of Crouch, Hanbury, Hill are really that that sort of cream you can add on to you know show that leadership. But it's actually going to come from the youngsters. So look, yeah, let's wait and see. And let's uh, I I mean I'm 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 up for talking about this weekly, but uh, maybe we, uh, we we leave this one and we see where this off. one goes. Little spin-off <laughs> podcast, yeah. Um, look, let's talk about some of the deals that have got done now. I haven't verified this, but I've got fifteen total deals done, trades and free agency. Um, a couple of the recent ones today. Um, I don't know why this took so long, but the paperwork from Sean McKernan was finally lodged. Oh, geez, he, he was. Uh, it, I think it was it, yesterday. Oh, sorry, today. Well, there, there was um, another was one coming through deal. the Saints stores there, um, but uh... yeah, not quite the same. <laughs> I think it was his last yeah, lifeline, but I'll take your point. Um, Peter Wright to the Bombers was, a, yeah. I think, that was a great deal from Essendon because, like, what are you going to draft with the future? That's right. That, pick? That's one of those ones, and and like, I, I sit back at the end of trade period and go like, oh, you know, why didn't other clubs do this? That that, that is that is cheap for Peter Wright because. Uh, yes, unproven, couldn't crack the Suns. Concerns there, uh, work rate issues, putting all that to the side. But I'm I'm looking at the the potential and the upside. And yeah, as you say, fourth rounder. That that's that's cheap as chips. That's basically as close as you can get to sort of giving him away. Really, that that fourth round. And and he's something Essendon really need. I mean, he is that that big forward. Uh, he's got the massive reach. Can take a huge pack grab. Um, you know, obviously he needs to just work on a few of the other components, but you know, he can pinch hit in the ruck as well, which is going to be very handy for them. And, you know, he's at an age where, yeah, he's sort of done those hard early pre-seasons. And, um, I guess this is what sort of hurts your sons and giants. They, they sort of leave and, you know, they've done all those hard pre-seasons from age 19, oh, you know, 18, 19, 20 and onwards. And the Bombers might've just uh, stumbled onto a real nice one there, I reckon. Yeah, and I find I found this really interesting. If you compare his numbers in terms of marks, disposals, kicks, goals, goal assists, they're very similar to Joe Danaher. Oh, that's interesting. Now, Joe is a lot more X-factor, a lot more agile. Um, 
does a lot more. I'm not comparing them in terms of the quality of player, but just in terms of the return on investment in terms of what they give you in their side, Joe can obviously bounce up and down like a yo-yo some days. So I think I think Peter, look, if he doesn't work out, you give yes. up a, few, a fourth round pick next year. What were you going to get for that? Like I can hear a Bombers fan going, oh, we've got James Hurd at pick 67. Yeah, he was, yeah, was, was. deep hurdy, but uh, um, the, the, yeah, Diamond in the yeah, rough. Diamond in the rough. You don't find many of them. And, um, and look, and at the, so, at the Suns, you, you know, they're, they're giving game time to Ben King and, and Lacocious up there. So, you know, yeah, yes, he didn't crack the side, but there were reasons and the Suns have moved in that path. I guess he sort of felt part of that that older brigade. Not not that he's old, but, you know, that they've. it was that time, I think, before they got Stewie Jude. Do, you, do players want to be here or not? I think uh, Tuke Miller was toting that line and, and he was sort of that in and out and he hasn't sort of been able to get his spot on the side and, they, and they've moved well on from that. So he, he's not indispensable to them. And as we saw, fourth rounder. So good bit of business from the Bombers there. A couple of Ruckman have uh, swapped teams yeah. today uh, I've seen come through. So... Um, yeah, big yeah, Prusy got got up to the Giants. I hope he. Um, I hope this is a new management company that steered him yeah. because he went to he, he was behind the seasoned Todd Goldstein and wanted more opportunity, so he went behind the uh, younger Max Gorn yes. at Melbourne, uh, and suddenly finally directed him to GWS, who are in desperate need of a ruckman, <laughs> and in like, reality should have should have tried to do the deal. Well, like they back. need they got Sammy Jacobs um, in last year as a bit of a stopgap. That could have been Prusy. Yeah, but they could have got yeah. Proust three years ago. Um, I'll tell you what it was. Proust held the power and didn't want to go yeah. to Sydney. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was dumb, but, wasn't it? That was dumb. He's a ruckman, I know. I not all of them are dumb, but yeah, that wasn't wasn't the best move. Um, but look, I think uh, the the D's have done well out of that one. They snagged a pick 31, if I'm not mistaken, which seems, yep. Yep, you know I mean, 31. seems high for me. I think uh, you... I wonder if they'll... Um, They'll take Dom Tyson back for that pick thirty-one. From are North. you hearing that he wants to go go back, Dom? No, no. Just we more or less we when we swapped them, we got Dom Tyson in for Bruce, and I think we also got a condition like pick sixty-two or something, which we pick someone and he never. I don't think he ever played for us. Um, no, no, just, yeah, no. I know, you know the deal. I think um, thinking hypothetically, I think Melbourne have won that deal. Well done, D Sands. You've won something. Um, Steph Martin got down to the dogs, which I'd heard Brisbane were just trying to move him on. Um, he doesn't quite fit in their plans. He's yeah, 34. That, that's like forgotten. Like in this league, in this, that is old. Yeah. That is old. I shouldn't say that so loud. We, we're not old. That is that. old. Yeah, no, he is. And, you know, it's not as if he's uh, your sort of Dustin Fletcher, Boomer. Well, I'm not potting them, but, you know, they they the body type to, uh, to play on and on, but He's a big ruckman getting bashed and crashed weekly. Um, so, you know, at 34, he, he is probably even older than that in football terms. But, um, yeah, look, it, it's a smart deal for the dogs. So, you know, I think obviously we saw in the, in the finals, um, you know, and, and later in the season, uh, English just crying out for, for a little bit of help. And when you're, think, you're thinking of the help that he needs, it's not somebody that he has to compete with to, you know, to get the number one ruck title in his club he just needs someone just to give him a little breather he can rest forward or go off or you know he, he's not running around all day chasing ruckman I think yes to toot the Saints horn you know Ryder had a day out and Marshall wasn't too bad in that uh that final and you know they could have done with a, a Stefan Martin as a you know as a second ruckman he he suits him just fine so I, I think that's smart from them I guess that that's another one that that they sort of Brisbane happy to uh, push him out, so that that's the other side of it that I'm interested in is coming through in the uh, ruck ranks for the uh, Lions. I think they relied on Archie Smith as a bit of a backup, but whether or not they're a little raw in the ruck now too, I think with Steph out for a large part of this year, they they sort of you know found it tough to find their feet. So yeah, but if you've got Joe Danaher coming in, you've got Joe Hipwood, uh, the big O. And you play Steph, like it just becomes too tall, especially as we heard all year in the Dewey yeah, Brisbane. Yeah, true. I was remiss um, to, uh, yeah, to to miss Big O there. He he did improve later in the year, but yeah, you do find when Steph's out, it's Archie Smith in, going with Oscar McInerney, whether or not they trust Big O to ruck solo now for the year, and 
maybe Archie pinch hits, you know, horses for courses sort of thing. But um, yeah, look, cheap cheap deal, good good business from the dogs. And your boys, the Ruse, just snuck in there to help uh, get get that one over the line. Yeah, like I said earlier, I'm not sure what we got involved to do a bit of good faith business. I think um, so. We moved back seven picks to get Lockie Young from the Bulldogs, but we didn't need to do it. But I think you pick 63 versus pick 70 again, like with that Bombers pick, who are you going to pick? Like, um, especially in the draft like this year, where I guess there's exposed form, but probably more so at the top end rather than the bottom end, where you might find. You know, there aren't that many players. You might like those diamonds from the VFL because the VFL hasn't run, so it's probably not as much you'd be able to find. But um, yeah, it's always exciting to see your team get involved. The only other thing we've been involved in was getting uh, uh, Aiden Core across as a restricted yeah, look, free so agent. Not not bad business so far. I mean, what what else do you do you want to see? I guess um, if, from my personal point of view, I was happy to see the Saints snag. A, a, a solid midfielder and keep our first round and yeah look who knows what happens with the Higgins but I I don't think that would involve a first round so you know we're, we're going alright is there anything else you, you want to see you want to sort of cash out and get the, the most out of the Ben Brown deal I'm guessing oh 100% um, I think it's going to come out but so, there's something wrong with his knees yeah. I, I'm yeah. speculating <laughs> um, I just I can't see how you can have a bloke that kick 60 goals three years in a row have one down year and suddenly he's worth peanuts on the dollar. Like, we're talking the same pick that Proust just went to GWS yeah. for. We were talking yeah, in that, that right? I can't see so how right, it? it works based on the exposed form, but if there's something wrong with the knees and he's not agile to begin with, forget about it. Like, if he doesn't want to be here, move him on. Move him on professionally. We'll move on. We... we when just about every other player has left our club, we've built up again and and got it right. There was one it's turn of the millennium who left <laughs> left a big hole. Tough, tough one to replace. Uh, but outside of that, outside of that, if they don't want to be here, uh, that's move fair. them on. Can I um, get in? Sorry, so, with another quick one. Just um, Tom McDonald strikes me as an interesting one. I think is he on some sort of massive money that's just scaring a few teams off here? Because I'm thinking, you know, he he is a swingman who's a noted goal kicker too. And he is looking like a good prospect. I wasn't sure why the Saints weren't interested. I mean, I heard the Bombers wanted a bit as well. There's probably a few other clubs, Collingwood as well, that wanted a bit. But he's just on two. It, just the structure of his deal is is sort of scaring a few teams, given that Melbourne, I think, want want to move some of that money off the books. Is that is that what you're hearing as well with that one? Yeah, I heard at one stage earlier in the week, the Bombers were... We're trying to go after him, but I think um, I think Peter Wright yeah, sort of took went young. Uh, n- not just the cheapness of giving up a pick; they don't have to pay him what they need to be talking about paying him with uh, with Tom McDonald. Um, his kicking's always let him down, yeah, that... and I just like I'm baffled that clubs still recruit guys that just cannot kick. I, uh, I understand you're recruiting some of the athletes over the actual footballers because they can run and do that gut running, but they still got to learn how to kick, and he just just lets himself down too often. Yeah, no, fair call. Well, let's see how uh, that one ends up. But you, you've got something you want to jump in with here. Well, I think we're getting caught up. So, in particular, in this Carlton Bombers deal, um, in terms of what are they worth, um, and I guess also the Jeremy Cameron one, and. If, let's use the Cameron one as a good example. Do you think three first-round picks is too much? Off the top, it, it sounds a lot. I don't know if it's been almost done by any club three. Um, but look, if if the Cats are in that window, I'd, I'd pay it. If if you're if you we sit here this time last year and go Cameron at Geelong got them over the line. Dare I say, you know, Tigers twenty eighteen sort of fell in the premium, added Tom Lynch bounce back right up and now they're looking at potentially going to three maybe even well three which would be four in five years which is un, which is huge but anyway yeah so look um you do have to consider that i think uh it, it's a it's a you've got a saying for it i reckon yeah so i i think jeremy cameron is that good no matter what geelong give up they're going to 
come out better from that deal. So to quote the great Jerry Jones, who's the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, the biggest sports franchise arguably in the world, um, they're worth I think somewhere around five billion dollars. Yeah, that's that's a lot of it's more than our AFL rights total. Um, he ne- he's never regretted paying a premium to get a premium. So in this instance, Jeremy Cameron is a premium forward. He's a top three yep. forward in the comp, no matter which way you look at it, because he can mark, he leads, um, he can snap it, kick goals on the run. He's physical. He ticks just about every box, and then. They're going to have to give something up for him. And if they give up three first, if they give up three in next year's first round, it doesn't matter. The whole goal is to get get him in, solidify that forward line. Tom Tommy Hawkins is not around forever. He can be around for seven years and then just shift your way through that. Deal with the fallout of not having all those picks next year. Um, you cannot go wrong. You, Jerry Jones, a billionaire, has never regretted paying a premium to get a premium. Yeah, That's just how I, it works. Like it. If you try and go the cheaper option, it's just not going to work out for you as well. You might be able to find some value, some money ball style, but in general, you want that top line player, you've got to give it up. You've got to give up the deal, the money, pay them whatever they want, give up whatever draft picks you need. you just got to get the deal yeah, done. Yeah, I fully, fully agree with you. They are within touching distance of, of a premiership as we saw this year, you know, at halftime they probably had one hand on the cup and yeah, you say you know, uh, you do say, oh well how many years are you going to get out of Jezza? Maybe I don't know, five-ish um, what are you going to get out of that youngster but it all goes to the side if they can raise the cup next year with Jezza uh, having a medal round his neck so I'm with you. I, I think back to, uh, we, we talked about this pre-show, uh, you know the, the deal for Judd um, that that was probably uh, pay a premium to get a premium there. The Blues gave up a lot, but I guess you know, like, yes, Juddy didn't take them to the uh, the promised land, so it was. But geezy, it's probably the best era Carlton's had since that flag, to be honest, or since the turn of the millennium. So <laughs> you can't find me one Carlton supporter or one Carlton player or anyone involved in, with Carlton who says that yeah. was a bad deal. You can't. Because they got Chris Judd, who was the out-and-out, next to Gary Ablett, best midfielder in the comp. So it just, it was worth it. Um, I just, I think sometimes teams get caught up in value and winning trades. Not to point any fingers at Colour Marine, but they're often the the winners at this point of the year. Um, I just think if you want that premium of a player, you've just got to give it up. Um, Sard's actually a bit of a different kettle of fish because I wouldn't rate him the way you rate. No, Jeremy well, yeah. So Jezzy, um, like you said, you know, top three forwards in the comp. So that they, this is elite premium. Maybe we, uh, you know, little proviso on, on the level of premium. But he is an out and out star. He is consistently kick back. You know, goals, goals, goals. Uh, goals uh, you know, I want to push back on that. I want to push back on that. There's no levels of premium. He is a premium player. Sard, excellent halfback. Good halfback. You just <laughs> no, he, I'm going will to go to I see what you're calling out, but yeah, he will go to Carlton and not be the best half backer, half back flanker on that team. Yeah, look, that, that that's probably fair, and that's even if Zach Williams plays in the middle because you'll have Doherty. Yeah, true. If you send Zach Williams down back, he might be the third best, so you can see why Carlton. Well, really yeah, which don't you know they're asking for much. you know to. I guess get what they want a second rounder back. It's just yeah, it's just holding it up. So if if you really want him that badly, the Blues just I I just think go for it. So that's a good example there. So to move on to a few uh, rumors, you have, you've got a couple for us. Well, we floated. I well, we I floated the Jaden Stevenson looking at North. Um, obviously, we've talked a little bit about the Pies, and they they want to get rid of Trelaw, and Stevenson fell into that boat, and I think. My reading of that situation is the club and potentially the player think a fresh start might be good. Um, that's now picking up some legs yesterday, today, um, that he he's on the move um, and possibly to North Melbourne. Um, I heard a little one, and I want to get your thoughts. The Cats are trying to cut a deal with Jack Stephen to pay out this year of yeah, his contract. So I, I did see that one. Deal and they're, I, I, yeah, they're trying to just... I I don't know the specifics around it, but obviously, is he not 
quite up to the cat's level of professionalism. Is he obviously he's had some mental health stuff, which which could affect his performance. Yeah, it could affect a hell of a lot of things. So I'm not trying to delve into understanding what's going yep. on there. But are the cats just looking at it? Yep, we gave you a shot. You're not what we need. You're not up to our level. We'd like to move you on. We're going to pay yeah, you out. And that's that's what it, it seems like to me. I guess we we don't often see too many players get paid out for a year that they haven't played. But um, yeah, look, I, I guess that was your your classic. I think we traded a fourth rounder for him, and at the time, you know, he was a four time best and fairest winner walking out of the club. And did the Cats get him for a steal? And yeah, it's it's just crazy that it's reached this point where he's been basically shown the door and paid out so um yeah putting putting sort of some of that off field stuff to the side i mean he was in their team late in the year but just got dropped um before the finals and i guess you know that they, they uh worried the cats i guess with their age and bringing bringing new talent through and yeah i guess with the list changes that we still don't know which is still shocking me you know that the cats have it's sort of like the pies they've seen an opportunity not on the same terms you know Trelaw wavering, or oh, maybe we could push him out. Jack Stephen, oh, is he fully committed here? Maybe a payment will push him out, and it's a little carrot just to just you know ease up the books a little bit. Because look, I don't think you know fantastic career um, for Jack, and most of that was at the Saints, and and some of the stuff he did was fantastic. And yeah, it's look, it's a sad way to go, but I I think it's it might be best for both for that to happen. So it, it, look, it's a sad tale because. In his prime, I mean, yeah, we weren't we weren't a flash team in that mid uh, two thousand and ten decade, and and he sort of uh, you know was a bit of a, a light in those uh, darker times, um, just with his pace and his gut running. But I think, um, yeah, look, outside looking in, you can sort of tell with that one that I think uh, he, he's moving on to different a different stage of his life. So. Cats have probably sensed that. Uh, I think they're pretty switched on as a club, and, and they've jumped. So, um, it, look, an interesting one. Yeah, we don't really we don't really see teams pay pay players out, and especially in this financial these financial times, it's pretty rare. So, yeah, bit bit, bit of an interesting one. But uh, yeah, I, I did see that. Absolutely. Uh, does the Alier deal to Port Adelaide? Yeah, get so done? I jumped on that one, and I think it was a few podcasts ago, and it it went quiet and and poured of sort of you know did they give up or uh, the Swans had enough? They said no, but that one's reared its head in the last week, so that might be one of those sneaky end of trade week deals uh, that gets done. That one, I think there's there's a bit swirling around. I mean. It might be different in just terms of reporting this trade week because a lot of it's on Zoom and in private rooms and there's not the people dropping by, you know, the AFL house or, you know, having a coffee outside uh, Eddie had um, or Marvel as it is now. Um, So, you know, there's less of those actual scoops or knowing who's around, but maybe, you know, there's a little little quiet Zooms happening about that one, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think... um... I just think Sydney is so professional and how they approach that sort of stuff that nothing's getting out on their end and Port obviously want to bring him yeah, in. Yeah, well, so, I mean, in, in the um, same vein, I guess um, Sean Higgins to the Cats is just, I mean, it, we're all assuming it's going to happen, but have we heard anything about it at all? Is that just a quiet one that gets done on the last day? That's similar. Yeah, well, I think the salary deal will depend on the yeah, Cameron, so, uh, yeah, fair, status fair, yeah. of the Cameron deal. If they have those picks... Depending on how many picks they give up, if they do draft the players, they'll have to have money in the cap for X, Y, Z. So, um, North and Geelong have always had a good relationship in the sense of, like, we had the two Scott twins coaching us and we used to do yeah, cracky matches. Right, isn't it? Yeah. You know, dark matches and stuff like that. So, there was a bit of a professional courtesy done there. Um, your man, Tom Sticky Hickey Wicky, is about to join the rarefied yeah, uh, four club. club. Who, who was the last one in there? Yeah. I think. Yeah. There's oh, no, there have been a few. I was looking at this. There's been a few five-club players. Okay, um, Scott Chisholm might have played for a few teams which, over the stretch, and I think uh, Adrian Fletcher, he I'll, was another I'll one give back you, in the day. He's played for a few clubs. Yeah, Adam Hughes just went around. I'll give you a few I'll give you a few to, to end the potty. We'll yeah, I like that. That's good. Ourselves. Um, so tell me, is he, he is very highly regarded over there in West Coast, but just trying to get some opportunity, I think. Yeah. Um, and and he's coming over to Sydney, which will be his 
fourth state as well. well there, there's one. Let's look at that Which, later on. But yeah, that that I mean, the Swans. Uh, I guess yeah, they're still looking for their next ruck. Naismith just he just can't get his knees right there. Um, otherwise, they're they're pretty they're pretty raw. So. Look, it makes sense. He, he could slot in. I mean, it's it's a tough gig going over to West Coast and being behind uh, Nick Nat. Um, <laughs> not a job you want to have. Um, kind of like going to Melbourne and being behind Max Gorn, but we'll, that was from before. But, um, yeah, true, anyway. Um, yeah, but, look, not a bad move. Um, funny you mentioned Tom Hickey. Is, he and Jack Stephen were best mates when they were at the Saints, so it's, it's an interesting one there. Um, a couple of other ones I think that I guess we'll look out for as, as the as the period run up uh, runs to its end. Sorry, um, yeah, Arazio, Fantasia, what happens there? Obviously, Jai Caldwell, Alex Witherden uh, at the Lions. Uh, I think he might head west. Tom Phillips, I think the D's going hard there, but Hawthorne also interested. Um, yeah, we've got Tom Higgy, Peter Wright in there. Jackson Haitley, he, he's, just, I guess, a small one tied up to, I guess, the Giants and what happens with the Cameron one there. Um, Higgins to the Saints, what's happening there? Maybe a future second round. Um, for those Saints fans listening, we seem to have some sort of allergic reaction to our future second round pick. I think we've traded it away the last four years. Um, so <laughs> that, that, that is a fact. <laughs> Basically, every trade period, we trade that one out. Uh, Lockie Fogarty down at the Cats. Blue's interested there. So, look, yeah, there's, there's still a bit to play out. I mean, they're all the deals that we know. I love finding out those deals that have really stumped people and we don't see coming. Let's hope there's a couple of those and, and clubs can really uh, get creative because that, that's what I like to see. And, yeah, I guess if you're thinking of a you know smaller list next year, Maybe it's it's the time to sort of roll the dice and, and find something that you you might not have uh, in a normal sort of trade season. So, um, yeah, I also don't think all those deals will get done. They've just been talked about. I don't see them all. Well, happening. yeah, it was um, a fair list. So yeah, just given what have we got? Is it seven seven thirty yeah, Thursday? Thursday? That's the, Is that uh, the So then the the media can then have their hour <laughs> post show, which I believe rated quite well last year um yeah so just as of recording just under 48 hours um yeah it's, it'll be interesting to see how the list shape up and then obviously draft picks can still be traded post that up until the draft so um for those busy teams there'll still be a little bit of a little bit of work to get done um just a little one i heard for north melbourne um i heard this during the year and i just Saw it pop its ugly head back up, but uh, I heard Jack Zebel and Jai Simpkin got into a little punch up after training in the locker room. It was diffused pretty quickly, but Simpkins asked for a trade very quietly off the books if something's available at this late stage of the trade period. It hasn't been like reported officially, so I'm a bit hesitant, but um, just a little one I heard that um, has a little bit of spice to it, if, if true. Uh, tell me. Sydney have got a new logo. Um, they obviously didn't want to pay the fifty grand for the Opera House image. Uh, I understand you have a little theory on the change. Yeah, of logo. so look, this this is not not so much stat of the week, but it's it's just a little uh, quirk that I noticed. So yeah, Swan's new logo um, leaked in a strange way. It was on the AFL store before they'd actually formally announced it as a club so maybe that was a little focus grouping there from the swans just to see if people uh, responded well but look yeah i've got i've got a theory here and it is about the club logo so i've gone back through the books and actually looked at when because i've noticed in in recent times teams that have changed their logo have actually seen on-field success come with this new logo so we'll take a trip down memory lane and, and just stay with me here so uh seba um, the the prime example is the Cats changing to their current logo in 2008 and saw two flags as a result. You've got the Hawks. Who, Weren't they already well, flying? They did win 07, but it didn't, didn't hurt them to have a new logo and a new era. And I guess they've made mo you know, prelims all and right. finals all years ever since. And a granny this year, so yep. you, you right. got to you got to tick Who them. Else? Hawks in two thousand and eight changed their logo, and they've seen four flags since that new logo. Um, Richmond in in twenty twelve changed theirs. Yes, the success took a little longer, but they've won three flags with the new logo. Dogs changed theirs in twenty fifteen, won a flag in sixteen. That's another. West Coast changed theirs in twenty eighteen, won a flag with the new logo. Um, 
that they're all the flags with a new logo. That's just flags. Then you've got Collingwood in 2018 made made the granny and they've been successful since with a new logo. Frio changed theirs in 2011 and had basically their most successful era with a grand final there. Port Adelaide changed theirs this year, made a prelim. Um, Melbourne even in with their 2018, that was with a new logo. So, um, yeah, and if you really want to stretch it out, I mean, Adelaide made a granny after change, you know, they made theirs in 2017, but they had a newish logo. Um, so, I mean, that's that's well over half of the comp changing their logos for success. I guess if you're wondering what happened with your team, uh, Lions, I, I couldn't give it. Their logo was a little older. Ruse changed theirs and it hasn't quite worked out. Uh, Carlton changed theirs this year as well. When, when did uh, when did we change ours? So, okay, sort of after so, that uh, mid right. mid twenty ten zero. So that that one hasn't panned out. Blues changed theirs this year, and that one sort of wait and see. So I'm looking, yeah. So I'm looking at the Swans new logo. You know, nice young group. Buddy coming back. Uh, you know, it, it you know maybe they're not going to get Ben Brown as we thought, but is there? little bit of a jump up the ladder for the Swans just based on, I'm not saying flag, but maybe just jumping up the ladder based on this uh, new logo theory. So, And I'm also looking at clubs, I guess. Bombers have had their logo since 97. Probably They could probably do a little uh, rev up and a little change there. And um, I, I'm leaving the Saints out because um, we've had our logo, I think, for the majority of our existence. So, you know it ain't broke, don't fix it. Maybe worth looking at though if teams are winning flags to consider the new logo there. But um, And obviously the Giants and Suns are left out because they're, they're too new, although the Suns could do with an update. Their logo is uh, is a bit of a shocker. But um, yeah, little theory there. Majority of the comp, change your logo and you will see on-field success. So I'm not sure if you're on board with me with this theory, but it does, it does hold up. There's been uh, a lot of flags with new logos. I've got a few. I've got a few things. Um, North Melbourne changed their logo in two thousand and seven as well. They went to oh, a prelim yeah, that year. There you year. go. There, there's there's another one. I, so I was I, I was because on looking at the most recent change, but that that's a good one. Yep. So the Saints change in ninety four didn't flag into your true. But if you, if you, you do look at gone. the previous logos, they're basically the same. Just a little bit of graphic design done to them. Not oh, you're talking about the stick man. But if not, you look at AFL logos, we yeah, all stick everyone man. had that crest logo. That was basically what your logo was in the '80s. But we actually had our crest on the jumper, even with that as our primary logo. So you could argue that one. But look, look, if it's going to get us to a flag, change the logo. I, I just want that flag. So, um, yeah. And so my my final point is, I just you understand footy. Please don't delve into this theory that. <laughs> Changing your logo might actually help your on-field performance. I'm just saying, that it, it, is this? Well, it is a coincidence, obviously. Leave it at the front door. You had outside the box theory that, that I want to run with. That was in our uh, little and rundown, let, and you and you indulge me. And I've let I've let you run with it, and I've regretted it ever since. But we do like outside the box here on Twelve Rows Back. Um, so we don't have a mailbag this week. No one's been kind enough to send yeah, in a we're question. We're still recording, so feel free to send just in 12 rows back at gmail.com. Absolutely breaking my heart. I've had a couple of weeks off. I've had time to really delve into your questions. Um, and my number hasn't changed for anyone who actually knows me. So thanks for all your support. Um, but mailbag's still open. So 12 rows back at gmail.com or at 12 rows back on Twitter or Instagram. Flick us a message, email, text, whatever. We're happy to answer your questions. All things strange and wonderful. Um, now, let's just loop back. Let's loop back to who's played yes. for the most clubs. Now, you mentioned Adrian Fletcher. If you do split the Brisbane Bears and Brisbane Lions, he gets five. Yeah, oh, oh that, that, that's kind of like four I personally and a half, don't think it? because you it was that. the same club, but it would have yeah. been a completely different vibe in yeah. that club. But he would have known all the basically yep. most of the people apart from the twelve Roy boys that went and joined him. So can't give you Yeah, yeah, it's not it, it's not moving clubs in my opinion. Well, yeah, Just no, we shouldn't say that for the a logo the, change um, if you Brisbane will fans out there and the Roy's fans. It's um you know, they don't want to keep it separate, they're all one club, so we should view it that way. Yep. Dale oh, Kickett yep. was five clubs. Okay. Same. Fitzroy, so, West yep. Coast, St Kilda, Essendon, Fremantle. Les Hewson, one at Collingwood, four at Hawthorne, 12 at Carlton, 
41 at the Saints, 17 at Fitzroy. I'm not, not surprised Les Abbott. the Saints uh, yep. come up in a few of these. We, we, I think we've had the most players play in the history of the game, so we give everyone a crack, or we did in the 80s. Yeah. This, one's, this one's a little bit fascinating. So Les Abbott played for five teams, right? He played one game for Collingwood, one game for Carlton. He played, where is he? 31 for Richmond. Three for Melbourne and three for South Melbourne. So five different clubs. Hold on, I'm just trying to find the ladder. This was all in the early 1900s. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't often see uh, he, he's one and done at two different clubs, one one game of glory and so he's out. So he played, that's the equivalent of currently playing for nine different clubs. He played for half of the clubs in the comp. Which, so who, 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 that's who had him last? I want to hear the uh, intellectual property he would have had by uh, by his fifth club, South Melbourne. South, South Melbourne had him last. Um, one of those clubs was University, who obviously was yeah, short-lived. Yeah, uh, the professors, as they um, were known back in the day. Now, I think uh, split between yeah, so Uni he, Blues and Uni Blacks in the VAFA, I think that's the, the connection if you want to tie them to something. Yeah. That's a drop-off, isn't it? That's uh, a drop-off. Um, a few more recent ones that have played for four clubs, and again, I'm going to combine Brisbane Bears and Brisbane Lions. Justin Murphy, uh, Richmond Carlton, Geelong, Essendon. Scotty Cummins, oh, yeah. Essendon, Port Adelaide, West Dare Coast, say, Collingwood. Martin Pike. Yeah, Pikey, yeah, and saw a lot of success, big well, Pikey, see, didn't he, in his later years? He was Fitzroy and Brisbane Lions, but he went from Melbourne to Fitzroy to North Melbourne to Brisbane Lions, which I guess I'd, I'd say slightly different. Um, just looking down the list, Ben Hudson is probably the more recent of the lot, and obviously Tom Sticky yeah, joining an illustrious club, looking to join that club. Um, little stat I just yeah, found. well, it, look, it's um, I, I think the three you know three club players are now that they, they are extremely common, so it's only sort of a matter of time till your your four four club becomes a new thing, and then you, you're sort of pushing five. I mean. I, I can't imagine you'd see six. That that's just a lot. But uh, you, look, that's the way the game's moving. If you sort of think of the uh, you know NBA, the player movement there is extreme. I think you know four or five teams is is reasonably common over there. Maybe we're heading down that track. But uh, well, just to give you the NBA equivalent, um, you heard of this this basketballer Vince oh, yeah. Carter. Slam dunk, uh, yep. Toronto and, uh, Raptors, New Jersey Nets, Orlando, Phoenix, Dallas, Memphis, Sacramento, Atlanta. There's 22 yeah, years. Yeah, I was going to say he played um, for 20, 20 eight teams. plus years, didn't he? A quarter of the league. Um, this is how old he was. He was playing for the Hawks, and they were playing the Raptors who used their throwback jerseys, which were the jerseys yeah, he used to wear the, when he played for the, the Raptor Raptors. With the Raptor on the front. Oh, that's classic. Yeah. Yeah, so we're definitely heading down that path. I think as players, just like they just want to extend their career, play yeah, another it, year. If, um, it's better money than they're going to find walking out into the open generally. So um, yeah, definitely. All so speaking yeah. of clubs, I, I want to go out on this one. So you, you mentioned your your ruse, uh looking after the members. What uh, what happened there? Just to uh, go out on for our listeners. Yeah. So. Little story. Thanks, thanks, Dad, for looking after this one. Um, Dad sort of looks after all our family's memberships, and he's just bought my daughter, my two-week-old daughter, oh, magnificent. A, a junior. What was it, what are they called Joey? Little Joey. So, um, I think any excuse for him to donate money to the club <laughs> is seen as a, a reasonable one. Um, he did not request any sort of refund at all on his tickets this year, so he pays for the whole family he gets four seats four reserve seats um, plus ollie's and now maddie's um he rang the club and the club offered him a free upgrade to seats on the wing but they couldn't guarantee he'd have his four in a row they're level two right towards the front and so he said oh look you can't guarantee it. it's fine like i'm just happy with these seats and they said oh no look you're loyal we're going to send you out a one jumper for each seat oh who do you want to sign each jumper? And he said, oh, Zeebel, Cunnington, Tarrant, and Jai oh, So North have sent him out four jumpers, which I think one of them will be coming to my oh, house. Which, which, which one do you want to get? Yeah, uh, I'm told I'm get getting the... I'm told it's the Robbie Tarrant one because we went to school oh, with yeah, him. Um, he wouldn't recognise <laughs> me from a bar of soap. But um, 
I just thought no, I that, thought it was a really fantastic. good thing the club did. I'm sure other clubs are doing it for signed up members who didn't ask for the money back. I think they've all been happy. Yep, we can't give you what you paid for. We'll give you money back. But a lot of people see it as a donation, and and I thought it was a good way to reward the members who have stuck Absolutely. fat. Absolutely. Um, so shout out to the club, Dad. Thanks for signing us up. Also, hopefully you're still listening. That Zebel and Simkin thing was a little bit of a, a fib, I've told, just to see if you are listening, give me a call. Um, that's all I've got this week, Tom. Nah, that, that's a beautiful words? note to uh, end on. And, and yeah, uh, we encourage uh, all the listeners to sign up to your club. 